Hello, welcome to Tone Deaf. This is your host, Tambor. Zach. Ryan. And then today we're also going to let my buddy Morgan talk Hi. to us. This episode is basically about changes in music for different artists. At what point are we selling out? Yeah, because I think there's kind of a fine line, because if you take an example like David Bowie or Bat who seem to change their sound album by album, no one seemed to like consider that selling out. What's the metric for that? Is it keeping your artistic integrity or... Well, I think that fans are allowed to change their sound. I think that changing with the times and not necessarily selling out is a way for them to express new ideas and evolve as a band. Take the Beatles, for example. Their debut album is vastly different than their final album. Yeah, I think the most important thing is, like you said, artistic integrity. Are you still putting your effort in then? Are you doing this because you think it'll make good music? With artistic integrity, I guess one other way to kind of put it is, is it an obvious cash grab? Are they obviously changing their sound to be like more mainstream, more poppy, or whatever it is to make money? opposed to doing it for artistic reasons, which how do you really tell if they're doing it blatantly for money? Because sometimes I don't think it's as simple as that. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, Mastodon, for example, with every album they've kind of moved a little bit more away from that sludgy sound. They kind of went to a more progressive sound. And since The Hunter, they have kind of gone to what some fans have considered a poppy sound or a more mainstream kind of rock sound. But I've never really gotten the impression that it was about mass appeal. Would you say that their gradual incline in uh, mainstream quality is why they were featured on Game of Thrones? Because they're kind of a household name now? Like, people would actually recognize them? I still don't recognize them. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't actually know they were on Game of Thrones. Yeah, in the latest season. That's pretty uh, cool. The season finale. Actually, I don't even watch them. I probably would have recognized them. I don't watch Game of Thrones either, but <laughs> yes, I've been meaning to. Would you consider, like, Taylor Swift and her going from country all the way to pop music selling out? I mean, she has one of her popular songs now, What You Made Me Do, where she pretty much blatantly says, yeah, that country girl's not coming back. I mean, I don't really know enough about Taylor Swift's career to be able to say whether or not it was, like, a jump from mass appeal. Because country music is still vastly popular, though. Yeah, I enjoy a good amount of country music. I'm a huge fan of Trace Adkins, Lone Star, Sugarland, Carrie Underwood. But Taylor Swift, I honestly only enjoy her debut country album. I just can't get into any of her pop stuff, mostly because it just kind of talks down on everyone around her. I also don't really enjoy who she is as a person, and but like there's well, a lot of reasons for that. Would you consider that... Since she debuted in country, moved to pop, that she herself wasn't satisfied with the amount of popularity that she was getting from just country. I would say so. I mean, it would make sense for me. To I mean, that. also monetarily, pop music grosses the oh, most. Yeah. Well, see, I believe that she most definitely started changing up her sound for artistic integrity, at least in the beginning. But based on her views on Spotify. I feel like it is no longer for artistic integrity because for the longest time she refused to have her music on Spotify because she was not making enough money from it, which if you're actually a quality musician, you shouldn't care about money. You should care about your fans and making the people who actually listen to your music happy. But she does have her music on Spotify now, but she released it the day that Katy Perry's newest album came out just so that she could battle for ratings. 
I don't know that I agree that money shouldn't matter at all. Well, yeah, because no, people it, need to eat. Oh yeah, no, money should matter, but I don't know. I just believe it in, definitely shouldn't be why you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, no, exactly. I believe in uh, music for the people, not for yourself. For me, I think that probably the most obvious example of selling out, and probably the most egregious example of selling out, would be post Jello Dead Kennedys. Yes. Which is sad, but yeah. Very I sad. I don't think I've actually ever listened to Post the Jello Dead Kennedys. No one this should. Is, this is no the one first should. They I've got some new singer. So Jello basically lost a court case to yeah. the rest of the band right, and I basically lost that. all rights to the music. Yeah. They got a new guy, and probably the most egregious thing that they've done is they rewrote MTV Get Off the Air mm-hmm. to be MP3 Get Off the Web. And they basically went full Metallica. Uh, Weird Al, don't download this song. It was pathetic. I mean, I knew about the court case, and I knew about, like, Jell losing the rights to the band. I just, wow. Yeah, I'm glad that uh, Black Flag still hasn't sold out, even though they've had, like, like, I don't even know how many frontmen they've had now. At least four. Like, Henry Rollins, Keith Morris. Keith Morris is a babe. I completely respect that man. He's... He's the founder of Black Flag, Circle Jerks, Off, all of which are huge influences on who I am as a person. Do you think age has anything to do with selling out and... Age? Age. Like, how old you are? Because... It can. I mean, Taylor Swift is pretty young. I think I see what you mean. Like, if if you're younger, you're definitely more susceptible or at least more likely to be like, okay, I want to get my name out as much as possible or to be able to, like make more money than I am now. Like, I see what you mean. I think age may play a, a factor in it, but if the Dead Candies are doing what they're doing after they, like, when Jell lost the rights to the band, I mean, they, they, they couldn't have been, like, in their 20s at that point. had to have been older. I'd say probably in their 30s or so, or, like, late 20s. I mean, that's still pretty young, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Most punk bands, like, the hardcore punk bands in the 80s, they all started when they were in high school. Yeah. And most of them either, well, most of them just implode in on themselves. Oh, yeah. That's... Like, full-on Sex Pistols, so. Yeah. Probably the only one that I can think of that's really... Stood the test of time? Stood the test of time. I mean, well, you mentioned Black Flag, so I guess there's them. But I'm talking with, like, original lineup, more or less, still relevant, have actually managed to become pretty successful and become sort of a household name without really letting that, you know, ruin them. I think the best example is probably Bad Religion. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Their content is always consistently good. They're one of my favorite punk bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Metallica earlier. I remember in our Brain Dead interview, which <laughs> exists, but not really. I think it was Rez. He uh, said, see, Metallica hasn't been angry in 30 years, but they also haven't put out a good album in 30 years. I see what he means, but I also kind of disagree with that because, yeah. like, you don't have to be angry to make good music. Oh, I know. It's just, like, he's just talking about the their original motivation when they first started the band. It just kind of lost its luster, and they adapted... See, some people would say Metallica has sold out. Other people would say that they've just changed as they've gotten older. But uh, if they were really selling out, Hardwired to Self-Destruct would not be as good of an album as it is. That is probably one of the best metal albums I've heard out of anyone in a long time. I mean, you can sell out and still make a good album, though, right? Like, they're not mutually exclusive things. Death Magnetic. Good album. I mean, it's alright, but if you're a Metallica fan, it's probably... Your least favorite album of theirs. Death Magnetic? It's either Death Magnetic or Saint Anger. There's a few albums before that where people were saying that, that they sold out because their sound changed dramatically. They went from they went a lot softer 
And a lot of Metallica fans weren't into that. And I don't really even... I wouldn't necessarily consider that soul selling out because I didn't see any kind of like monetary reason to do so. I mean, it wouldn't make any sense to, to just completely change your sound when you have such a big, uh, massive appeal. But I mean, I've heard people say been saying that Metallica was sold out since like the Black Album. So yeah, how much yeah, can no, you take I've... that seriously? That's kind of a thing, though, is that whenever someone changes their sound, a lot of times there's this immediate reaction of, oh, they're selling out. They're changing their sound so they can make more money. Yeah. But if they've already been successful doing one thing, why would they change that if they just wanted to continue making money? Like ACDC. Yeah, uh, I mean... Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, kiss. I, I actually have a question, though, because I'm definitely the mainstream person here because... Uh, yeah. But take a look at Miley Cyrus. She was started out as kind of country TV star. So, like, her upbringing was weird. And then she just kind of lost it for a little while. And now she's trying to dial it back to country. Yeah, she's more family-friendly now right. again. So, would that be her selling out or her realizing that she lost all her artistic... She just... Uh, she kind of went Britney 2007 there for a bit. Um, but then now she's figuring it out again. So, I guess... She realized that she sold out, and, and she's, she's coming like, back now. Maybe something's wrong. Well, I mean, her more country kind of stuff that was pretty successful. Yeah. So Hannah I mean, Montana is lit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh my god. If we so were think, a movie, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, I think like what you referred to as going wild kind of period. I mean, if anything, that was trying to break away from that. I mean, if anything, that was deliberately she's going in a radically different direction to not sell out or she to was like trying, get artistic integrity back she was changing her image it was like a 180 like oh hey i'm hannah montana oh cool i don't have any hair and here's my butt it's the best of both worlds okay <laughs> beautiful okay well, that was good it is because i like hannah i'm Mon- not i have nothing to say to you right now <laughs> <laughs> okay for anyone who doesn't know zach makes a lot of puns and he is not happy that i didn't like his puns but i liked morgan's it was a good time. I'm just trying to think of like other examples of someone that is easy to tell, oh yeah, they're definitely just doing this for like a cash grab or more mass appeal. But I mean, my other question would be like, is there really anything wrong with wanting to have more mass appeal? Or is it more of not changing your sound for organic artistic reasons and just changing it so you can get your name out there? Maybe it's more the intention of it that matters. Cameron, you and I were having a conversation earlier today yeah. about Johnson Shanti and how you can't really go out in public and listen to his music. Yeah, because, because no one knows who he is, no one cares about him, and his music is not made for really, like, mainstream consumption. It's made for dedicated people who just kind of want to Yeah, but you also him. said that he did it for the enjoyment of his own sound. Oh, yes. Uh, his first couple albums, he recorded while he was under the influence of a lot of drugs. Uh, his second album was actually released in the year that he uh, almost became a member of the 27 Club, which 1997, the same year I was born. All that music was recorded well before then, but it wasn't released until much later because he didn't feel comfortable having anyone hear it because he wasn't confident in it. It was just kind of something he was doing to pass the time while he was doing drugs and talking to his cats. Life goals. Yep. But see, then you start getting into uh, the mid-2000s. His four albums he released in 2004, or even his album from 2009, The Empyrean, which is probably one of my favorite concept albums. Each different album from 2004 shows a different side of his life and a different side of his mind. His music tackles subjects that aren't really things that people really think about or care about. 
non-mainstream stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, he talks about himself. He talks about his struggles and his depression, but only really people who have been through a lot of the stuff like he has would really care enough to listen to it. I feel like there's a lot of artists that feel the same way you're expressing yeah. John Frusciante. Take 21 Pilots, they, yeah. they're quite an interesting group because on one hand, their, their sound is really catchy and it's pretty good music, but it, lyrically, it's super depressing. I mean, their most famous song, Stressed Out, is super depressing and people relate to that. Do you think it was timing for John Frusciante that his introspective music, the world wasn't ready for it, and now they are? I mean, they probably weren't ready for four albums to be released in the same year while he was also supposed to be writing and recording with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. To be honest, I don't really see John Frusciante's music being like a mainstream hit, even if it was released now. Yeah. Because what you're saying with the 21 Pilots is that yeah, people are ready for that kind of that more depressing stuff. People relate to that. But they're still, like you said, very catchy. Yeah, also, the um, music and tonality and the production on it is made for people to want to be able to groove to it and listen to it. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. And John Frusciante is and self-produced. They, and mm-hmm. he does it how he wants to hear it, not how anyone else wants to do it. He cares about his fans, and he shares all of his stuff on like SoundCloud now. Like He released a new song for free on SoundCloud a few months ago. Some people are like, eh, I guess it's okay. But he put his entire heart and soul into all of that. But I don't know. I'm just really passionate about John Frusciante. Now, I will say, you know, to kind of clarify it, 21 Pilots definitely have a very unique sound. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's really no one out there that really sounds like them. It's like I'm not saying that they're, like, you know, copycats or just oh, trying yeah. to be mainstream or whatever, because they definitely have talent. They definitely have a unique artistic vision. But their artistic vision is more in line with mainstream tastes mm-hmm. than the artistic vision of someone like John Frusciante. Well, I think it's interesting because they have three albums out, and each album is vastly different from oh, yeah. one another. I mean, the first album was really kind of quiet and introspective, yeah. and as time progressed and as they were starting to get more mainstream, which they still aren't exactly mainstream, but, you know, they have a few singles out, and their song has gotten a lot louder and more... I mean, we were talking about Java Break earlier before we started recording today. I can't walk in there and not see something written about 21 Pilots. Well, yeah, then again, it's Lawrence. I guess that's fair. I don't know. I would consider 21 Pilots pretty mainstream, at the very least, really popular. Yeah. They're, they're very mainstream, at least compared to me, but my taste might be kind of skewed. Yeah. Well, I yeah. Mean, their yeah. music is played on the radio. It's been featured in movies. Well, yeah, but they, here when I work. they started it's out. Radio, it's mainstream. Exactly. <laughs> they started out uh, exactly like what we were talking about. Would you say that they sold out to corporate to get their name out? Uh, I don't I'd know. I'd say maybe, but not as majorly as a lot of other groups. I don't know. We say they're mainstream, but we also say, no, they're not. But, like, on the <laughs> internet, if you go to Tumblr, good luck finding a page on there that has nothing about them on there. Right. Well, but that's Tumblr. I don't use Tumblr as a metric for... For, um, for many things, I'm for guessing, obvious reasons. I mean, to wrap the 21 Pilots thing up, the mainstream was like that stream ideas. I can agree with that. That kind of leads into something. Probably the most poignant statement I've ever heard made about the concept of selling out comes from comedian Patton Oswalt. He once said that, you know, when he was younger, he used to think of selling out as like a crossroads. Like you show up there and you either you choose integrity or you choose to sell out. And he was explaining that as he's gotten older, he's realized it's not a one-way street, and it's not 
a one-time decision. He was saying this because he realized that he could make so much money doing basically nothing. Basically, any stand-up special that he does from this point on, he's doing because he wants to do it. Because he could make way more money doing other stuff. And you can still do other stuff that makes tons of money come back and then do something that you really believe in. I think a good Washburn example of that would be uh, Dr. Silvestri, who uh, he's like an award-winning lyricist, and he can make way more money doing that than being a college professor, which is what he spends most of his time doing. He does it because he loves it. Also, how else can he talk about pirates for an entire semester? Speaking of which, have you still turned in those two papers? No, shut up. <laughs> We're editing this out. <laughs> I may be expressing my ignorance here, but what exactly is a lyricist? Like, what, what do you he mean? He writes like? lyrics for classical compositions. Classical compositions? Yeah. Oftentimes, if someone's writing an opera or something like that, they might find someone else to write lyrics for. So you're saying that Dr. Silvestri is really good at Italian, Latin, and... Do people sing in other languages than Italian and Latin? Uh, yeah, they do. Those are the most common, though. They're definitely German operas. Yeah. Okay. German operas? Okay. I assume they're French, too. And there's probably... I mean, there's got to be English operas out there. English the Sydney operas. Opera House, you know. There's got to be Australian operas. <laughs> <laughs> Shrimp on the bob, you know. <laughs> Modern-day well, operas. Those, that's an interesting topic. It's okay. I can make fun of Australia. Jermaine Clement will be happy. I would just like to express that I don't endorse nationalism in any way, shape, or form, even that if that involves New Zealand or Australia. Shout out, Jimmy. I do not support nationalism, even if it's for a different country. Shout out, Jimmy. I like turtles. Rest in peace, Daniel. Um, We're going to edit out like the last 15 minutes. No, probably not. <laughs> so something I kind of wanted to bring up that has something to do with, with um, sound change but doesn't necessarily have to do with selling out is... It seems like a lot of times, and this may not necessarily be the case because there's examples of a lot of artists that change their sound a bit, but I feel like a lot of artists um, may not necessarily be like overtly discouraged to like switch genres drastically, but I feel like there's definitely like influence to kind of like, okay, stick to kind of where you're at, you know? Like I don't see a whole lot of artists jumping all over the place. I just kind of wonder if artists are either kind of like afraid to experiment like in really drastic ways or if like a lot of fans don't want to see their bands change their sound. God forbid that you're a punk band and you want to do anything different. The oh, poser wow. boys are real, dude. Dude, no lie. I mean, it's okay. Green Day has a few. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have a new question. They're a weird success story. Okay, I actually, my favorite Green Day album is Warning, which is, it's an acoustic album, which is... Weird for a punk band? Pop punk gets a little bit more leeway just by the fact that most of the really big punk snobs are not going to listen to them anyway, so they kind of can do more of what they want. Yeah. Talking about Green Day or Blink-182 is a bannable offense in the Red Hot Chili Peppers (laughs) chat that I'm in. Really? You can't mention Green Day? Green Day's good. We were talking about it earlier, and Jimmy just put the straight face emoji that is... In Red Hot Chili Peppers chat? Mm Mm-hmm. We also are not allowed to talk about Oasis. Oasis is good. <laughs> it's it's because of an, an Oasis chat that they were all in. That there's this guy uh, named Ishan that. Uh, so they it. can't talk about Oasis because of a chat. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's just it's kind of a joke, but yeah. To quote the title of a famous Oasis lyric, "Don't look back at anger," which is one of Rev's favorite songs. He keeps talking about it. He's been talking about it for the past two days. Okay. Anyway, we're moving away <laughs> moving away from an esoteric chat that no one knows what the heck. Hey, okay, I was recently adminned. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, you're all posers. Uh, hey, uh, um, did the offspring sell out? No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they sold I mean, out. They never changed. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, like, if you listen bit. to like Smash and, and then you listen to, the to Rise and Fall, Raging Grace, 
I love Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace. I love every single song on that album. I don't think they sold out. I just think there's there's a couple of key songs that they're really famous okay. for that. Okay, but Spiky I love both. <laughs> Come on, Dexter Holland with Dreads did not need to happen, but we are thankful for it. <laughs> He's trying to set a trend, okay? Do you know who started that trend? Keith Morris. Um, I'm just thinking of metal core bands that I know where the guitarist has dreads for some reason. It's okay. every metal core band, isn't it? We gotta <laughs> go get like, Kill Switch Engage. I'm gonna look up what metal core is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 Have you ever I'm heard of Black Bell Brides? Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we've fallen in the universe. I've never listened to professional wrestling. Most of them have metalcore themes. So. Uh, Are you just gonna sit here and do that? No, I'm still looking up metalcore. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is metalcore one word? Yes. Oh, it's okay. basically a mixture of like punk and. Yeah, it's like it's hardcore, which is a punk sub genre, and then metal. Did I say sub genre? Sub genre. <laughs> This might be a dumb I mean, this might be a dumb question, but is Motorhead like more like thrash metal? They're punk. Yeah. Do you see, do you see what I mean? Like, a... so Motorhead is in like this weird sweet spot where they're yeah. metal and punk. Yeah. That's kind of what I was without thinking. Without being metal, <laughs> without yeah. being metal or punk, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, they were around yeah, before. They're like the one band that the punks and the metalheads agree they're on. They're Motorhead yeah. core. <laughs> I mean, Motorcore. they were Motorcore. There we go. Thrash is more like Metallica. And well, that's Megadeth. what I thought, but yeah. they, they kind of have a little bit. They have. Yeah, okay, their guitars are cool. I don't I like think I like metalcore, and I haven't even heard it. It's based on the Wikipedia. What would we call Bring Me the Horizon? Garbage? Bring Post. Me the Horizon? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Some of those songs I don't know. Let me, let me look at my uh, playlist here. Huh. What, let's see what uh, Bring Me the Horizon is. I think most people would probably say Screamo, but I kind of hate that. No, part. they're not Screamo. <laughs> Morgan's uh, been to a Bring Me the Horizon concert. I have, and they smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> They were trying to... Abby Welcome was, to Brain Dead. Abby was unhappy. <laughs> Welcome to, like, every concert ever. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Hello? <laughs> this is what happening? No, no, no. Oh, it's a, it's a message about my little sister. She <laughs> doesn't have money in her lunch account. All I right. get a phone call about it every day. What the... Okay. So, okay, so Apple Music says that Bring Me the Horizon is rock. Uh, No. <laughs> No, not okay. at all. I actually have a. That's like a ma- saying Imagine Dragons are rock. I have an issue with the term rock because it's so broad. It doesn't mean anything. Well, well, yeah. what, what, I mean, alternative. <laughs> like, I love, like, I talk to people, I'm like, hey, what music do you listen to? They're like, I like I listen to pop. What about you all? Like, I listen to rock. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, like, you listen to, like, metal? I didn't say that. I listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers. are like, oh, that's rock? Okay. Bring yeah. Me the Horizon definitely changed their sound, well, though. They I were mean, definitely, like, screamo, and now they're, like, post-hardcore. Here you are throwing out, this, uh, out the subgenres. Damn, dude. Hold on. You know what I'm... post-hardcore is, but you don't know what metalcore is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, we were talking about earlier about, um, like, different, like, things about selling out. This is what we're supposed to be talking about. So, some lyrics that talk about selling out. Five Finger Death Punch in their song The Pride. We're not selling out, we're buying in. Oh. Or like Real Big Fish. Death Punch is actually probably one of the best examples of a band that actually improved after they sold out. Exactly. You really think? That's why we're not selling out, we're buying in. Which isn't that from their album American Capitalist? They're like, okay, Five Finger Death Punch is the opposite of all that remains. The exact opposite. They started off the exact same, they sold out. One became good, the yeah. other became terrible. Okay, so 
I actually really like a lot of their older albums. I kind of want to like, I not yeah, push yeah. back on them for that, the Five Finger Death Punch thing, but I would agree that like their music has gotten like a lot more melodic and a lot less abrasive. I don't necessarily think they've gotten like better personally. If nothing else. I think it's better than if they had were just continuing to put out the same thing. Like, yeah, no, if like well, if they I agree. stuck with War is the Answer, it would just kind of get stale after a while. There was one before that, too. Was yeah, it was Fist. Way of the Fist, yeah. Wrong Side of Heaven, it has a lot of variety of stuff. Like, re- it really does. Yeah. Remember Everything? Remember Everything, I think, is off of American Capitalist. Oh, is it? Remember Everything is still one of my favorite it's songs by It's American Capitalist, I think. Or, uh... Burn MF, two vastly different songs. Both came out after they sold out. Both are very good quality. So guys, do you think it's appropriate to talk about Linkin Park? As I'm sure I've prefaced in my entire life, I have the deepest respect for Chester Bennington and I always have. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm obsessed with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. What most people don't know is that Linkin Park was my original Red Hot Chili Peppers. I am one of the uh, few people who love every single second of A Thousand Sons, their fourth studio album. I would say that, at the very least, going from Hybrid Theory to then they had the remix album, Reanimation, then to Meteora, Miss Midnight, is drastically different from anything they did after that. Can we just admit that Reanimated was really bad? Yeah. Oh, I agree. (laughs) So you met my friend Andrew, right? He bought a record player, went to the record store to buy vinyl, Bought reanimation on vinyl. <laughs> was upset when it sounded awful on vinyl. Of course it did. Because it's not good. No, no. It sounded awful on CD. No, no. It didn't sound good on vinyl because it's supposed to be an electronic digital album. Like, it was supposed to... Yeah. There's yeah. no reason for it to ever be produced on vinyl at all. See, I also I have no knowledge. I, I also love Linkin Park back oh, in the yeah. day. Yeah. I, I do, too. I mean... I have no knowledge. I will of admit, Park. I I kind of follow the the kind of the typical fan of I really liked Hybrid Theory, really liked Meteora, like right. like Minutes to Midnight. Kind of fell off after that. Although in my case, it wasn't because I thought their next album was bad. It wasn't because I like was like, oh, they sold out or they they changed. It's different now. It sucks. Their sound evolved in a different direction than my musical taste evolved. Mm-hmm. So he's headed in different directions. Yeah, I never really felt like they sold out or anything. Which is kind of how a lot of fans were. But they didn't exactly realize that that's what was happening. Right. Yeah, so it seems like to me that a lot of people, when they mention, like, selling out, aren't actually legitimately making a point about selling out. They're just saying, I don't like this band's new sound, therefore it's selling out. How often did you hear before Chester Bennington died, oh yeah, Linkin Park's selling out. They're awful. Their music's garbage. Oh yeah. It's sold out. Well, yeah, but I mean... I still think that like when most people refer to selling out, they're just saying, I don't like the new sound, therefore they're just doing it for a cash grab. Which... Exactly. Which you didn't really hear any of their new stuff on the radio. It, no. It, except no. for like uh, a Castle real... of Glass. I, I still we'll hear stuff from the Hybrid Theory I on the radio. I exclusively yeah. hear Hybrid Theory and Meteora. Yeah. So that's a good I, point. So if this is just about them trying to make money. They weren't. No. <laughs> well, oh, they were making money. Oh, yeah, I know. They were definitely like... making money, but their their new sound was not... They weren't as they were doing it for they were artistic doing it that's integrity. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah. They most definitely did not sell out, although that's what everyone was saying. It's awful that it got to the point where celebrities were calling them out on their music change, like Chad Kroger, like a month before. Okay, Chad Kroger also said that if Corey Taylor had any talent, he wouldn't wear a mask. 
You're I right. don't think any. I don't think Chad Kroger's opinion should really mean anything. I know it doesn't. That doesn't make any sense. That's really, but, right. <laughs> that really upsets me. But do you guys remember that article that came out where Chad Kroger was like, "Hey, uh, Chester, if you want your uh, your fans to li- like your music, you should go back and do stuff." Or was it Corey Taylor that said it? Corey Taylor didn't tell Chester that he should go back to doing the old stuff. Chester kind of made a remark that could have been construed as attacking fans who were saying that he sold out. And Corey Taylor, basically his response was, hey, I don't even know if I necessarily want to say he called him out. He more of said, be careful with that line of thinking. Like, don't go too far down that road because you're going to be resentful of the people that got you where you are. Don't go full tool. Or full uh, Full Maynard. Well, Maynard is kind of... Maynard is a Maynard... Maynard's yeah. Maynard. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's not the right way he's, to explain it. He's kind it. of just him. <laughs> I mean, I just remember him saying something about, like, yeah, our fans don't understand the uh, intricacies of our albums. I'm just kind of like... That's not exactly what he said. He more of... <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not exactly what he said. Wasn't it, like, just this week that... Um... If anything, he might have felt that okay. people were reading too much into it. I'll, I'll rephrase. I, I Actually, that might be correct. Um... He actually, I think he said something to the effect of uh, the fans don't understand the humor in our albums. Yes, I think that's, that's what something he, said. he said. So they may, you know what? I'm giving him. Which I actually kind of got to agree with him on that point. Yeah. Never <laughs> mind. Like, was it just this <laughs> week when uh, at a Perfect Circle concert, like 40 people got removed from the concert for taking pictures? Oh, wow. I saw that on an article. No like, flash. Usually people don't actually, like, enforce it that much. Yeah. Like, Were they at the do you know how many stage? pictures I took at the Iron Maiden concert when I was right next to Bruce Dickinson and he just smiled for the camera? I, I definitely, I definitely get why people find Maynard kind of insufferable. Yeah, I still like him. I yeah. mean, to be completely honest, now that we've had, <laughs> I like, think most of the stories about him are funny. To be perfectly okay. honest, I love like stories about musicians in a bad light. Also, since we were talking about Lincoln Park, I want to share one of my favorite Lincoln Park things. On Chester Bennington's episode of MTV Cribs, he's going and he, it's right after Hyper Theory came out. He goes and he's giving a tour of his house, gets to the bathroom. He's like, yeah, this is, there's the tub where me and my wife make love. And here's the bidet. It's never been used. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> it's just like, that's beautiful. Because like, yeah. he has a bidet. Like he's rich enough to afford a bidet, but he just has it as, as a meme. Like He won't give it the time of bidet. I want to die. <laughs> I'm glad I upset you. You deserve it. I've been waiting for my moment to strike. So I'm, I'm just trying to think of um, another example of a group that's like, wow, they're selling out and they're doing it for money. Like now that I'm thinking about it, it's like it's a really hard thing to actually decide on like what they're doing. Like well, at the very oh, yeah. Thing, yeah. Except for Kiss. What? Yeah. Well, there's Kiss. Gene Simmons has explicitly said it was always about the money. Well, oh, that's, yeah, that's genius. But what He's I'm, admitted that. What I'm, what I'm saying is, like, there, there's a lot of this music that sounds He's basically... proud of it. Basically the same music, just with different lyrics and a different oh, yeah. artist. Oh, yeah. I believe it's blatant selling out without even having yeah. a past history of, you know, being most, good. Most pop musicians do not write their own songs. But does that really matter all that much? Like, if they're known for being a singer... And the important, like, the talent that they have is singing. But is it that big of a deal that they don't write their well, own songs? Well, the thing is, is they don't write their own songs, but at the beginning of their career, they did. Give they me an f- example. I'm... Katy Perry? Lady Gaga. 
don't know. She, Although, actually, she, know she might already. She probably already writes her own music. Too. Yeah, yeah. No, Lady yeah. Gaga yeah. is a quality human being. I enjoy Lady Gaga, but Katy Perry, her first album, the one that Man. most people don't know about, was under her birth name, Katie Hudson, and it was a gospel album. Yeah. Mm, I guess. And then her next Yeet. album included songs like "I Kissed a Girl" and "You're So Gay," which is basically like the Miley Cyrus. Britney 2007 moment. So, I, I don't know, that's actually different, because Britney Spears and Miley Cyrus were popular since they were, like, little kids, and then mm. when they grew up, they were like, wait, no, this isn't me. This isn't yeah. who I am. This is something that was created yeah. and then imposed on me. I guess, With yeah. Katy Perry, no one knew who she was until yeah. she became Katy Perry. Yeah, that's true. This kind of um, reminds me a little bit of, like... Also, you don't you don't want to get stuck in the, the trap of Christian music. You don't want to get stuck in that tooth and nail records. No. Rest in peace, Abyss. P.O.D. Rest in peace, P.O.D. It's okay. <laughs> if you've ever heard the band Dead, You'll be all right, they sound exactly like P.O.D. if P.O.D. was good. Here's the thing. <laughs> P.O.D. and Flyleaf are like the two bands mm-hmm. that actually managed to like get out of that and reach like mainstream success to an extent. Well, still yeah. doing their thing. Yeah. yeah. Also, wasn't Skillet originally Christian? Yes. Skillet? Yeah. Do they ever stop being Christian? I, no. I never thought they did. No. I'm pretty no. sure they're, they're, they're still Christian. Still, they're still Christian. They are, like, really Christian. Oh, their, really? their music just kept getting worse for me, so I stopped listening after oh, a while. Oh, yeah. They have, like, three good songs to me. But How Much House is a good album. I, I liked their stuff back in the day, but, you know, when I was yeah. religious. Wait, do we want to talk about Three Days Grace? I don't know enough about Three Days Grace, but you guys are welcome so, to talk about okay, it. Okay, what, what do you want? Like, what do you want to bring up? Uh, the point that they kicked out their lead singer to he left. let no, they kicked him out. Can we just have a podcast of you saying no? Like yes. That? No. See, you might have to double check on it. Like, I don't know. See, Adam Gontier is a beautiful man. He was kicked out of his band so that the band's guitarist could let his brother be the singer. Can you Google that, please? And then they came out with the album Human, I'm pretty sure which is garbage. Left. I heard he left to pursue his solo career. Saint Asonia is a great band, too. I would just put, like, Adam Guntier, like, leaving or something. Because I'm not sure, because I could be wrong. I mean, if it happens to be the case, the sound resulting from that could be selling out. It was kind of a mixture of him quitting and getting kicked out, but, like, the fact that they replaced him with the brother of one of the other members kind of sketches me out. And also, the music's garbage ever since Adam... I like a few of their songs. I like... uh, I Am Machine, Painkiller, like, those are both songs that came out after Adam left. I like I Am Machine. I do, too. But I also can never tell it apart from uh, Bully by Shinedown. Oh. They sound exactly the same musically. Oh. Well, I mean, I'll just say that me personally, I while I like I enjoyed Break, which I think was the album that came out after One um, X. One yes. X was. I didn't think it was all that good. To me, it seemed a little uninspired, and I don't really know if that's considered selling out, like after he left, or if that's just more inner bandmate drama that led to a change in. A front man. I remember uh, when I saw Santa Sonia live at Rockfest a couple years ago. Adam was like, he got up there and he's like, Alright, so I'm going to play a song. Uh, most of you would try to call this a cover, but I wrote the damn song. And then he immediately starts playing Animal I Have Become. It's actually oh. cool. They also played a Stained song and it sounded really good. See, that's, that's the problem. Is like I'm trying to think of if they sold out. I would say their sound definitely, definitely changed from a lot more of a, like, I don't know how to put it. Like, it's a lot more catchy than it used to be. So there's a couple examples I actually just thought of. Um, what about like Maroon Five or mm. Fall Out Boy? Okay, both. Because, because both. Maroon Five's first album, "Songs About Jane," was it's beautiful. It was like a like a soft rock album, and it was like I thought it was a really great, Ooh. heartfelt record. 
then after that they're slowly becoming more and more pop. Would you consider them selling out, or is that more of them just moving towards a more well, pop um, sensibility? See, think of Maroon Five. How many yeah. members can you name? Uh, Adam Levine. How yeah. often does Maroon? He's 5 better at making chains than making music. Oh, dude, his clothing line is actually really lit. <laughs> right? Like, too bad Kmart closed down. Never really liked Maroon Five. Yeah. No, okay. But so, I, I definitely know that there's a difference between like early Maroon Five. So and I love songs now. about Jane. My favorite Maroon Five song is "Makes Me Wonder." But also, I enjoy Payphone Ooh, with Wiz yeah. Khalifa. Oh, I don't. But, I didn't um, know Wiz Khalifa was in that song until, like... Yeah, because he's not in the radio version, because the radio versions don't ever let the rappers be in there. Like, you don't ever hear Snoop Dogg's rap in California Girls. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That, that tripped me up. Really? Yeah, there, there are well, actually Kanye, radio stations that are, like, specifically made for removing the rap verses of pop yeah. songs. Also, Kanye's kind of verse disgusting. in E.T., I'm really run? upset about that. Yeah. My whole life is a lie. Yeah. Uh, I just want to point out there are no radio stations playing Cal- just Snoop Dogg's rap verse from California Girls, all right? He did at his concert. Yeah. We, <laughs> yeah. He did we a lot also, of features. Yeah. Wait, listen, listen he played oh, Gin and, and Juice, uh, and all other songs were ones he was featured in, including just, Akon songs. Just, uh, Akon. is that the record? Three Days Grace announced that Gontier left the band. The band described Gontier's departure as being abrupt and unexplained. The departure came just weeks before a co-heading tour. Gontier explained that he was simply ready to start a new chapter in his life. So it sounds like he left. Yeah, it sounds like he left. And then Three Days Grace toured with Shine Down and P.O.D. But still. (laughs) Coming around all full circle like I... But still the fact that, like, nepotism doesn't work. This isn't government yet. I have no issue with, like... Okay. Have you ever heard of Van Halen? I mean, if his... I mean, if his brother's a good singer, he can be a part of the band. Like, like I, I don't automatically have a problem with it. Wolfgang is not as good as Michael Anthony. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart? Are, no, are, I'm, talk, are you, I'm talking are you about Wolfgang. suggesting that if Wolfgang wasn't there, that the original would still be there? Oh, no, not at all. Exactly. But also, Sammy Hagar should never have been in the band as well. Oh. David Lee Roth is a legend. All he also aged very, very poorly. Life goals. I mean, a lot of really good bands were started by relatives. Yeah, like Oasis is a, is a band that started by brothers. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I'm not trying to like attack Oasis. I don't know if that's the best example. Uh, Nolan Liam. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just saying that they're, they're an example. I mean, besides the fact that they like repeatedly would get in fights and like end in the middle of the tour. <laughs> So yeah. maybe you're right. Who, who are other examples? Because I'm trying to think of other bands. There's a lot. There's actually more than you would think. Uh, there's an old uh, reggae band, Midnight. I think is what it's called. They're a pretty good example, probably. I'm trying to think. There's kind of. There's got to be more. There's way more. Because it, it, it turns out they end up like being like the drummer or someone. Like, oh, I didn't know they were related. Like that, that's happened a lot for me. Hailstorm. The drummer and the singer are related. Also, the last time I saw them live, I was very upset with both of them. Oh. Lizzie Hale should not be using a 12-string double-neck guitar to play power chords when she's only playing on one neck. RJ should not be drumming and singing Kiss songs or Guns N' Roses songs and changing the lyrics so that you get things like Take me down to the Kansas City where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. (laughs) I'm not saying it's not, like, really, really bad. It's very bad. But it's bad. Oh, also, Sammy Hagar performed at that same festival. He played only covers, except for his one good song that he actually forgot, like, half the lyrics to. I mean, is it any worse than 
plain white tees trying to play Nirvana. And not knowing the words? So it smells like Teen Spirit. I'm so I'm so upset that I miss it because it sounds like just something. I wish I had could have been there for that. Also, hey there, Delilah. You know the last verse where they're like, hey there, Delilah, here's to you. Yeah. Well, I don't know why, but they were like, hey there, Washburn, here's to you. Uh, uh, <laughs> also, the lead singer, Tom, uh, he was dressed like he was performing for 10-year-old girls, even though he's, like, probably 35. And, uh, and on a college campus. And uh, skinny jeans should have gone out of fashion for him for about 10 years ago. He looked like a mixture of Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and fat Haley Joel Osment. Like a mixture of the two who already look like each other. I, I, don't, I don't know who the second person. Who's the second? Person? He, he, he sounds familiar. I he played of... uh, the kid in Secondhand Lions and Sixth Sense. Oh. <laughs> the last movie I saw him in was Tusk. Yes. Wait. Have you seen Sex Ed? I have not. Watch it. It's hilarious. Wait. <laughs> is Tusk the one with Kevin Smith and Justin Long? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking. Never mind. I'm thinking of porns. We've Sorry. gotten way off topic, guys. This always happens. It's okay. That, that, that's what a podcast is for, yeah. bro. My dude. MC gets sidetracked easily back in the heezy. By heezy, I mean house, but not the show. I mean, that show's cheesy. Oh, brain dead. Gulag. Uh, those are brothers. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, my only thing is also nepotism refers to, like, putting your relatives in government, not necessarily bands. All right, guys. Wait, why don't we ask All our right. viewers questions? Yeah. yeah and there's, I don't think we, we have viewers. No, I mean, we can, we can ask. No, we have listeners. Hey, Dita. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... If any viewers have any, like, questions or topics... We don't have viewers. We're a podcast. If any of you listeners out there have any content or any topics that you'd like us to discuss, you're free to send us an email at tonedefpod at gmail.com. I want to do a shout-out. Dita, thank you for your selfie. Again, this is Tone Def. We want to thank Morgan for taking time out of his day. And I'm happy that we asked a question that we really didn't give a clear answer to. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. Everyone. Everyone needs to say bye. 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 Ciao. Wait, this thing is on? Okay, bye. We all love you. When we finish this podcast, can we can we finish with me going? You gotta keep them separated. Okay. okay. No. Or we can, okay. I we're mean, gonna, you can do that when we. No, no, no. I, 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 I,